me awkwardly talking off screen. So now I have to awkwardly walk on screen. He's actually doing cartwheels down the aisle. You just can't see It's it. really impressive. I didn't know I could do that. Hey, look, it's me. Hi, everyone. Hi, Tyler. Hi, Amber. I'm guest Tyler. So, obviously, welcome to uh, another episode of Crossroads, a, youth, a uh, Crossroads Youth Group special, where we just talk about life, faith, and everything in between, because if God's blessed us with anything in the world, it's to converse. Today, I have uh, one of our associate pastors, Pastor Amber Soltes. Um, mind telling the crowd a bit about yourself? Yeah, so, um, I, like Tyler said, I'm an associate pastor here at the well. Um, I, sh- I was going to say the well, man, at the Life Church. Old school. Yeah, old school. I, we came from the well in October. And uh, I was lead pastor over there for a season, and we're here now, and it doesn't feel like we were ever not here. It's I, amazing, yeah. That's crazy, because yeah. generally with, like, church bridges, like, there's a lot of, like, turmoil, because it's like, oh, you're from this church, you know. It's almost that schism there. But it just feels like you guys just kind of just showed up. Like, I don't, <laughs> sometimes yeah. I totally forget that you guys were from a different church at some point in time. Well, and then in all, you know, fairness, we are the body of Christ. So, yeah, it should feel like this. Yeah, that, that's beautiful. Wow, yeah. we're, we're already starting off hot here. We're starting off good. So, yeah, I have uh, our family here. My daughter, Adele, is hanging out back there. And uh, I have a son in youth group. I have another kid coming up in youth group in the fall. And have a, another little guy. He won't be in youth group for a minute, but... Hot, for a hot second. For a hot second. And then my husband, Martin, so that's I, us. Funny story from last night. Yes. You already know what I'm going to say. No, go for it. Um, the oldest son who is in youth group currently, uh, his name is Marty. <laughs> <laughs> I do know what he's going to say now. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I'm, I do a lot of the graphic design here and all the tactical stuff. Like, this is all kind of my setup here. Um, Marty thought it'd be a great idea to text the cops, just jail. Apparently, if you text the cops, they will show up. They will show up. Yeah. Three of them. Yeah. Three, uh, three of them. Uh, Who texts well, jail to 911? I don't, don't try this. Don't do it. Don't do it. Um, then we had uh, three of uh, Warren's finest yes. come by and... Uh, thank, thank you, Warren PD. <laughs> check out the situation, which didn't exist. Um, you, you guys were more than welcome to stay for the Good Friday service. Yeah, it was all during our practice for Good Friday. I, I had no idea until I looked out <laughs> up here on stage, looked out the door, and there are police cars lining up in the parking lot. <laughs> <laughs> Life is never dull with, uh, with Marty. He keeps it interesting. I know I wasn't even involved, but I just kind of wanted to just hide under the desk out of embarrassment. Yes, <laughs> like it, was, it was a total cringe moment. We had to take a moment to pray and just... You know, get back and focus because I was lost after that. <laughs> this was at the start of our practice, and I was like, "If this is any indication of how tonight's gonna go." <laughs> uh, last night was amazing. That oh, yeah, turned you. out amazing. Um, and it's funny we're talking about that because that's our devotional today. Is uh, we're going through Holy Week. Holy Week. Um, maybe you're not really familiar with each day, so we're just gonna kind of break it down, kind of talk about some of the deeper themes on it, and you know, again, just really converse. So I'm going to pray real quick, and uh, we'll hop right into it. Father God, we thank you for today. We thank you for the ability to live stream. We thank you for the ability that we live in a time that we can reach people around the globe nowadays. And Lord, I just pray that we would become all things for all people, as Paul said in your word. That, Lord, we would continue to grow and adapt so that as many people as possible can hear about you, Lord. Uh, give us the words to say that would just glorify your name. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. All right, 
So we're going to start at Sunday, last Sunday. So last Sunday was known as Palm Sunday. So let me, let me set the stage here. The setting is Jerusalem in 34 AD. At that time, that was basically like New York City. It was the central hub of religion, economics, and culture. A group of people witnessed 13 men coming towards the city gate. One of them was riding on a donkey. They recognized the man. That man was Jesus. They immediately start grabbing palm branches and laying cloaks on the road to welcome him. Because at this point in time, Jesus had been doing ministry for about four years at this point. And word travels around, especially through trade routes and all that. People knew who Jesus was. Um, so as they did the palm branches and laying down the cloaks, they began to say, Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. Um, one of the surprising facts I noticed is no one made any comment on his transportation. A donkey. Yeah. <laughs> like, they, like they're just like, why are you just riding a donkey, no one, yeah. dude? No, they're just like, Hosanna in the highest, which is like adoration and praise. You know, the, these people looked at him so highly because they know of his stories of turning water into wine and the healings that happened throughout Judea. Um, you know, Jesus picked that donkey too, right? Like he, he did. He didn't pick the Lamborghini. He picked like the Pinto car. That'd be kind of scary <laughs> if they, he just drove up in a Lamborghini. Yeah. Like they'd be like, what the heck is this four-wheel device? Like what is happening right now? However, had they looked at what the donkey was, they would realize it was a confirmation of who Jesus was. As he fulfilled the prophecy set by the prophet Zechariah, Rejoice greatly, daughter Zion. Shout, daughter Jerusalem. See, your king comes to you, righteous and victorious, lowly and riding on a donkey, on a colt, the foal of a donkey. And that's Zechariah 9.9. Jesus confirmed that. So, you know. Do you think they had that in their head at this point? Do you think they were reflecting on, like, this scripture because they had grown up on it? Probably not. Okay. Um... I, I think that they just kind of, they noticed who it was, and we're like, it wasn't like starstruck, like, you see a celebrity walk down the road, and you're just like, oh my gosh, it's like, I can't think of a celebrity right now. <laughs> Insert the celebrity you like here. Insert celebrity. Insert celebrity here. <laughs> um, I was almost starstruck. I mean, maybe, just maybe, some of the more scripturally sound people were like, wait a second. Did one of the prophets say something about this? Um, it's funny you ask that because let's go into Monday. So about 12 hours later, because they had a different time schedule than we did. We have a 24-hour clock. Yeah. They had a, like a 12-hour clock. Jewish time. Jewish time. Jewish time. Yep. So, okay, remember yesterday how Jesus entered Jerusalem? And, like, it's viewed as a positive thing, and people are wearing palm branches and, like, rejoicing in that. Um, today's a bit different. So Jesus and his disciples went to Bethany the night before, came back, um, and then Jesus entered the temple and was disheartened and infuriated by how the temple was being treated. It was treated as a marketplace. So you know what he did? He flipped and cleared the temple. 
flipped the tables, drove them all out. And he said to those in attendance, my house will be a house of prayer, but you have made it a den of robbers. What a dichotomy. Yeah. You know, the same, the same people that would evidently, hey, look, notes. Uh, the same people who would evidently wave palm branches are the people who would sell things in the marketplace. So, uh, Palm Sunday, I did communion. Uh, really, really nervous about that. I was, I was freaking out. Are you kidding me? No, people were commenting to me about you, actually, like, dang, Tyler rocked communion. That was awesome. So, well done. <laughs> I, I may have rocked communion, <laughs> but internally, I was, like, freaking out, dude. No, they <laughs> I thought, was so nervous. They, they thought, like, you preached, it was, like, the message after the message. So, yeah, yeah well done, well done. Well, I, I, Alvin kind of threw me an alley up there and just kind of slammed it down. Yep, that's how God works. Um, you know, are, are you... Are you going to be a believer that, are you going to be a Sunday believer or a Monday believer? Mm-hmm. Are you going to be the one who recognizes who Jesus is and welcomes him with open arms? Mm-hmm. Or are you going to be the one who desecrates, you know, the real meaning of church? Sure. I think um, to the the people who are waving palm branches in their coats and, you know, freaking out like, yeah, this is, this is, a, you know, we're here. Woo, woo. Uh, they were all very excited and a lot of those people i had to I had to believe that they thought he was coming for different reasons political reasons to release them from the romans to to make all their dreams come true yeah to, you know <laughs> to, to uh, reunify a yeah basically Israel. like here's our genie he's just come to like you know yes. fix everything and just make everything cool again here's our alexander the great yeah here's our you know here's our military leader who's going to lead us back into you know, the prosperity that we had during David and Solomon. Right. And then he goes into the temple and he's like, nope, nope, nope. nope, you, nope, you, you, nope. Turned my, you turned this house into a den of thieves. <laughs> Get out of yeah, here. Yeah, yeah. And he's not disrupting the, the temporary things of the day. He's disrupting the things that are closest to them in their heart. Like the temple was it. Yeah. That was the, pl- that was the meeting place. That was the place you would traverse to go to. And he was like, this is not how I want this. And, I mean, if they're setting this up for the Lord, Jesus, this is your house. Like, God, this is your house. And imagine if you set a place, you know, for a guest, and they come in, and they're like, I don't like any of this. Yeah. What are you doing? <laughs> I, that would be very disheartening. Yeah. Again, I just, it's so funny to me. Like, we, we can be on both sides of that kind of fence. We could be, you know, praising God on Sunday. But Saturday, we're maybe doing things we shouldn't do. Mm. Um, you know, God is not someone you should just worship on Sundays. Nope. God is someone you should worship every day because God is, God loved us so much he sent his son down to die for us, which, sorry, spoiler alert, he, Jesus dies this week. Oops. I guess it's not too much of an oops. That was kind of premeditated, huh? <laughs> it's so funny TikTok about that. <laughs> like it was a spoiler. Like they just, spoiler they ruined the Netflix special or something. Well, don't worry. Just wait till the end. The ending will shock you. Um, but yeah, I, I think looking at Sunday and Monday, we have to look at our own hearts and be like, okay, God, am, am I, because we are temples of the Holy Spirit. Um, I forgot what verse that was in the moment. It's in the New Testament. It's in the New Testament. It's in the New Testament. So Someone could, you know, 
tell me I'm wrong. Like, t- tell me I'm wrong. It's like, oh, it's right here. I just don't know at the moment. Uh, wait, we're temples of the Holy Spirit. What does our temple look like? Mm-hmm. What do we look like? Do we look like a temple that praises God all our days and brings him, you know, what is rightfully his? Or are we using God just to get what we want? Mm-hmm. Are, are we, you know, are we the 11 other disciples or are we Judas? Yeah. Are, are we just, are we, following, are we following Jesus because we have seen his glory and believe that he's the son of God? Or are we just doing it for kisses and silver? Yeah. You know, I've seen this, like Jesus flipping tables, I've seen this be used really flippantly um, and sloppily, I'll say that, you yeah. know, out in, in re- recent years, like, yeah, Jesus is all about flipping tables. And what people don't understand is he came to his own house to do that. And if yeah. we are the temple, um, like you said, make it real personal, like I am the temple. If Jesus came to me and wanted to flip some tables in my life, am I okay with him doing that? Yeah. We got to be okay with him doing that. Yeah. I, I've, I've had, I've had some of my tables flipped. Mm-hmm. Um, and to be fair, I'll keep them flipped over. Absolutely. Because, you know, a hindsight's such a beautiful thing. And when I look back in hindsight, I realize the things that God took away from me and the things he had to flip over, I realize how much better I ended up becoming. Like, I got out of really unhealthy relationships. I got out of really unhealthy thought patterns. Yeah. And, you know... I wouldn't be able to live out God's calling unless he did that. So, so some, sometimes God has to change, it, change some things in your heart. Don't be afraid of that. Because ultimately, it's going to be for your own benefit anyways. Because God, God loves us. I think that's the baseline. It's the baseline Christianity. It doesn't matter what denomination you are. It's that God loves us so much that he sent his son down to die for us. But ultimately, if we're going to accept him as Lord and Savior, you know, and as we see the Holy Spirit, who's the great guide and counselor, you know, I, I, a good friend will tell you when you're wrong. Um, I've had a lot of good friends in my life tell me I'm wrong in some things. It hurts. <laughs> it, it, it hurts. It hurts so much, especially when something you're really passionate about. But the growth that comes out of it is like the most beautiful thing. Mm-hmm. So, you know, examine your own hearts, your own temples, guys. Because if you if you see something that is not of God, it's time to address it. I will say it's easier to, to, to clear that mess up before Jesus comes in and flips tables. Like, it's easier to humble yourself yes, than to be humbled yes. by the Lord. <laughs> it's a way better, way better to humble yourself it, first. It's, than a, to... it's a lot less pain and a lot less shock. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he doesn't take joy in, in humbling us in those ways. So if we can recognize that before it gets to that point, you know. Yes, because when, when he comes in and flips tables, it's not it's not pleasant he, he takes off the what was it the he was whipping people with his <laughs> yeah we don't want that <laughs> i i've I, i've been whipped with some things like like towels you know you put the towel up and hit. yeah that hurts it's kind of like when your mom comes home and you know it's better to like do the chores that she asked you to do before she gets home rather than her yelling at you yeah you know, <laughs> that you didn't do the chores yeah i have no experience in that by the way none whatsoever i always did my chores 
I don't have any kids, so no. I have no experience in anything. No, we would always scramble. I'm actually very bad at about, yeah, I know from experience. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we talked about Sunday, you know, Jesus comes in, everyone likes him. Monday, Jesus kind of ruffles some feathers. So Tuesday, Tuesday, we're already had a pretty eventful week now. So Tuesday, Jesus and his disciples, very gutsy move they make here decide to return to Jerusalem, you know, that same place where they cleared out the temple and all that. Probably a really popular move. To continue what he had started, he made a trap set by the temple authorities who tried to arrest him and fled the city for the time. So, they gotta get, they gotta get out of town here. Because, you know, the temple leaders are just like, man, we're losing, we're losing vendors, we're losing profit. We gotta get these guys out of here and arrested. And then Jesus is like, let's get out of here. So he and his disciples went to the Mount of Olives, overlooking Jerusalem, and talked to those in attendance of the end times. At the end of his teaching, he says, Truly I tell you, whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me. That's Matthew twenty-five forty. So, as I look at Tuesday, I, I think about how... Myself, as a believer, how do I carry the light with the carry the light of Christ within me, and how we can be Jesus to others in this time? Because evidently, the world's going to end. I spoiler alert: the world's going to end. I don't know when, because I'm just, you know, I think God knows more than we do. Yeah, and I'm okay with that because if I knew when the world was going to end, I'd just get really depressed. There's people who will try. There's people who will try. try. Yeah, but it says in God's word that, like, not even the son knows. The father knows, but not even the son. Yeah. So the father's not going to step over the son to tell me. Probably a little (laughs) rabbit. Definitely not. A little rabbit trail here. Uh, I ended up going to, like. I love rabbit trails. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Back in my younger years, I hung out with a lot of, like, rockers and, like, metalheads and all that. And. There was a day where the world was supposed to end. That's, that's me. There was a day. Oh, they they had a day predicted. They had a day predicted, okay. and well, my friends, would be fu- funny if we just got a bunch of bands together and had a show for the end of the world. For the end of the world, wow. <laughs> and literally every band opened with "It's the end of the world as we know it" by REM. It that does sound like the end of the world. <laughs> it, it was funny. I, I'm pretty sure we like spray painted on the walls and all that. We were... Probably like eight different versions of this Eight, eight this different song. versions of It's the End of the World as We Know It. Now slower. Now faster. Now faster. Now punk rock. Now no, polka. Now thrash metal. Thrash um, So yeah, I like, I like, I don't, I don't know and I'd rather not know, but I know for the time we're in now, people need Jesus. I mean, you don't have to watch the news for more than maybe like half a second. To realize this world's pretty broken, so there's a lot of confusion and pain happening. Um, ultimately, people search out different things, but ultimately, Jesus is the only thing that will really solve. Um, you know, I heard uh, his name is Jefferson Bethke. He uh, did like spoken word stuff back in like the early 2010s. And in one of his spoken words, he says, we all have a God, whether it be the Bible, the God of the Bible, or not. Ultimately, there's things we chase down because ultimately they feel like they complete us. I've chased things down that I thought would complete me. Like back in high school, I chased down like 
girls. Like, I thought a girlfriend would complete me. Um, by the grace of God, I never got one, so I can grow. Isn't that awesome? Like, I know. I could relate, too, because I, you know, I was such a broken, lonely child, and um, n- not because I didn't have, like, a great mom. It's just I didn't have, I didn't know God as my father. And so because I didn't know him as my father, I was, like, attention-seeking. And yeah. thank God that he spared me from, I mean, I, a world of hurt because I can't even fathom that what that would have been like. Yeah, I I suck out like relationships because I evidently thought I, I think I'd have been accepted because I always had struggles with like my own self image and like how people were accepting me, even though God accepted me wholly as I am. I just didn't realize it yet. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think the beauty of not having those things come into place. You know, having those like little broken pieces is where like God comes in and like renews you with something even stronger than anything you could have ever made. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm I'm grateful that I I had to wait for certain things. Like I know she gets annoyed when I do this, but like I'm so glad I had to wait for Sarah. Shout out to Sarah. Shout we out love to Sarah. You. <laughs> Great job preaching on Wednesday, by the way. <gasps> I need to hear this. I didn't get to hear it. Oh, I'm yeah. so bummed. But I'm yeah. sorry. I'm, if you're watching this live, Sarah, I'm so sorry. <laughs> Forget oh, to... we're going to have to do a podcast then where we're... she just preaches. Yeah. <laughs> Calling you out, Sarah. <laughs> she, she's going to text me and say no. <laughs> I know it. My phone's right there. I'm going to see it. Um, <laughs> but, you know, I'm, I'm glad I had to wait for that because I had, I evidently grew so much as I learned about loving myself. Now, am I still working that? Yeah, like, I'm not going to lie, I don't have the best teeth. Uh, just because I was very foolish when I was younger and depressed. And sometimes those things kind of go hand in hand sometimes. Um, but, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm learning how to accept, you know, my own self-care. And Sarah just texted me. <laughs> 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 I think, too, though, what a gift... That God, you know, uh, restored you to give to Sarah. I think that's awesome. Oh yeah, no, it's when you when you find the right relationship, guys. It's super beautiful. But the best relationships come out of the waiting season. Mm, that's good. Okay, so we're gonna hop to Wednesday. Now Wednesday's a really big day because Scripture doesn't really state what Jesus and disciples did on Wednesday. We did, like we don't really know what they did on Wednesday. Um, so one could surmise they went back to Bethany and stayed with some friends. Jesus took a nap is what he did. Jesus <laughs> took a nap. Sometimes it's just good to take a nap. A busy week already. Especially after you come into the town with adoration, then flip the tables, and then have to flee the city because they're about to kill you. Uh, yeah, you probably need some rest. Um, you know, earlier it says, you know, remember the Sabbath and keep it holy. Um, so, sometimes you need rest. Sometimes you need to take a step back and do the things that restore you. Um, I heard another podcast by a, by a pastor named Craig Groeschel. Um, he's from Life.Church down in Oklahoma. And one of his episodes was The Art of Energy Management. Um, so, you know, like list the things you do and rate them to like a plus one, plus two, and then a minus one, minus two, and like a zero. Um, especially on rest days, you want to do plus ones, plus twos. Like things that actually like rejuvenate you That's and good. restore you to a point where you can end up pouring out on others. Um, I know certain times I know I need 
to do my plus ones, plus twos. Sometimes I just need to relax, you know, maybe stay away from the phone for a second, stay off social, and just be like, okay, God, this is, we're just going to hang out today. We're just going to rest. Um, and sometimes my resting just involves a lot of driving, which explains why my car is <laughs> going down. <laughs> it, it, it's really bad. Um, but yeah, I'll just go on drives, put on some worship music, and uh, I just feel like it rejuvenates me so much. Like, it gets me in that 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 headspace of serving. Because ultimately, I feel God pouring down into me mm-hmm. and filling up my spirit. So then, so I can then. pour into others. So then, I love that. Yeah. Um, you know, especially when you grow up and you kind of start entering, like, the workplace and you start entering into the things you're called to. You ultimately have to balance your energy or you're going to get burnt out. And either one, the, thing, the things you do aren't going to be excellent, or you're evidently going to stop doing them all together. So my recommendation for anybody is figure out the things that rejuvenate you and the things that drain you. Um, I know for me, one thing personally that rejuvenates me is just hanging out with like good friends. Um, it's, you know, me and Sarah going on double dates with other friends who like aren't a part of like ministry or our church, just friends where it the focus isn't ministry the focus is just having a good time mm-hmm. um and especially people who are called the ministry you know you should find those people who like who may not be a part of the church or even part of like ministry itself so that you can get like some like some space from it because i think especially as a minister or just as a pastor or whatever ministry it looks like for you yeah, evidently, some sometimes you just have to talk about something else other than church. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it's it's a beautiful thing when you don't have to worry about anything else other than just having a good time, within reason. Don't don't do anything stupid. Hashtag don't get crazy. Don't, hashtag don't get crazy. Because sometimes I got crazy, and then. I got hurt. <laughs> I have to think, like, in the, on this Wednesday, I think I've seen it written Silent Wednesday because we don't know the things that are going on on this day. Probably just hung out. Yeah. Uh, you know, there's there's some things that are, um, you know, some of the smaller stuff, but um, I had to imagine that Jesus spent a lot of time with his father right before going into something incredible, like the hardest thing he would ever have to do in his life. Yeah. You know, just spending that time with his father. Um, I have to imagine, because he did go off, times alone with his father that he probably spent some of that day even just spending alone time with his father maybe he didn't um hang like he normally would you know uh, because he knows he needs that reassurance from his father he needs to see the father so that he can walk this hard this very very hard thing out um and you know the all week long i've been thinking of this phrase the our first ministry you know, people with families, they'll say, like, your first ministry is to your family. And I agree that you need a ministry to your family. And because, you know, obviously there's ministry to the church and then to the world. But your first ministry is actually to the Lord. Yeah. And when that's what all other ministry flows out of, um, if we don't have that connection with our Father, if we don't get with Him, if we don't hear His heart, if we don't connect with Him, 
in the silence without all the fanfare and everything else, it's going to get disjointed outside of this. You'll end up trying to do something for him instead of something with him. And yeah. We want to be with him. And I, you know, Jesus walking this out, he was with, God with the Father was with him to the end of it. I'm going to have to clip that. That was awesome. Oh, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> um, so obviously Wednesday was a preparation for the end of the week. So Thursday, this is, Wednesday was the calm before the storm. Um, Thursday comes around. So, from Bethany, you know, the place they hang out, Jesus sent Peter and John ahead to the upper room in Jerusalem to make the preparation for the Passover feast. That evening after sunset, Jesus washed the feet of his disciples as they prepared to share in the Passover. By performing this humble act of service, Jesus demonstrated by example how believers should love one another. Jesus shared the feast of the Passover with his disciples, saying, I have been very eager to eat this Passover meal with you before my suffering begins. For I tell you now that I won't eat this meal again until its meaning is fulfilled in the kingdom of God. That's Luke twenty-two fifteen through 16. Later, after the Passover feast, there, the Last Supper, Jesus and his disciples went to the Garden of Gethsemane, where Jesus prayed in agony to God the Father. Luke's gospel said that, quote, his sweat became like great drops of blood falling to the ground. That's Luke twenty-two forty-four. 44. Late that evening in Gethsemane, Jesus was betrayed by a kit, with a kiss by Judas Iscariot and arrested by the Sanhedrin. He was t- taken to the home of Calphas, the high priest, where the whole council had gathered to begin making the case against Jesus. Meanwhile, in the early morning hours, as Jesus' trial was getting underway, Peter denied knowing his master three separate times in an act of self-preservation. You know, Thursday is the Last Supper day. This is yeah. this is him knowing that he's going to be arrested in not just a day, but like a few short hours. Um. You know, I, I don't know how, I don't know, like, I definitely could have kept my composure knowing that I was about to be arrested and then executed, you know. Like, I, if I knew the end of my life was coming, I don't know if I would be, you know, serving others. <laughs> I'd be crying. Um, but even then, knowing that high calling, Jesus still humbled himself mm-hmm. to wash the disciples' feet. Now, no, they didn't have, like, shoes as we know in, the t- in this time. They had, like, sandals, or they just walked barefoot. So there's literally everything on their feet. Literally everything. It was probably really, really gross. It was. It, it was. <laughs> um, but he humbles. He washes all disciples' disciples' feet, even the one who he knew who, who was going to betray him. Like, if you know someone's going to betray you, you're not going to treat them so nicely. I, I'm just saying that just as a person, like, if I knew someone was going to betray me, I'd, you know, try punching him in the face or something. Yeah. <laughs> um, but Jesus ultimately humbled himself to that point. Um, and even as he says, you know, I'm very eager to eat this Passover before my suffering begins. He knows what's just about to happen. But still guides and teaches 
He was even teaching Judas, because Judas was at the table too. Yeah. Uh, and then they obviously took what we know as communion together. You know, this is my body, this is my blood. And you know, it is as a remembrance of this last supper Jesus and his disciples shared. Being a powerful moment. It, it has to be a powerful moment, I, especially in hindsight. Oh my gosh. You know, as, as we so kinda, much going on. <laughs> as we kind of go, you know, past Good Friday into Saturday, I wonder if the disciples reflected on that moment. Yeah. Like going, like, wow, he's dead. Like, and all the memories of that meal probably came back to him. It had to be such a hard moment. I would have been a mess. <laughs> I, I, I would have been a mess <laughs> knowing. Had I known it then, I would have tried stopping it, going like, we're not going to let you get arrested. However, then we would ruin the entire (laughs) prophecy and all that, and the reality is it had to happen. It's just unfortunate. Um, I love that Jesus takes the time to slow down and do this. Yeah. Like you say, I mean, everything is coming to a head, and he takes the time to have this meal and he says I very eagerly like I really really wanted to have this meal with you he was so ex- he was excited to have this moment with them yeah right before he's about to be crucified and I mean there's so much going on at the table the disciples are like I mean you see the picture in you know the renaissance picture where they're like yeah. whispering to each other is it you is it me like who's gonna betray him and then Peter's like I'm not gonna deny you and you know don't wash my feet wash my head too like but just baptize me here to learn like there's so many emotions going on yeah. and Jesus is just very calmly washing feet and trying to get them to understand this last amazing moment with them and has a meal with them yeah um I'm going to compare it to weather because I really like weather. Go for it. Um, sometimes on certain days it'll be nice and sunny, but then you see the storm clouds coming. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it, they're they're dark. And it looks really bad. Um, sometimes you have to enjoy that last little bit of sunlight before the storm come in, mm-hmm. comes in. But the beauty of that is storm evidently passes as well. Um, but sometimes, man, when you, when you see, like, when you see something bad coming... Like, like you just failed like an exam, <laughs> and you know your parents are gonna see it. Sometimes you just have to take a deep breath and know that you're gonna get to the end of this too. I think that's with anything hard, anything hard in life. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you have to just take a deep breath and just kind of roll with it. I've had to roll with a lot of things. Yep. Um, I've I've had to accept the fact that okay, I did something bad, and I know it's going to catch up to me. So I'm just going to take a deep breath and kind of just accept the consequences of my actions. But knowing that ultimately God gets you through everything. Um, Because I guess in some ways, if you're not struggling, you're not exactly alive. Mm -hmm. Because, because, you know, a, a lot of this life, you know, you know, Jesus said, you know, for this in this world you have many troubles, but take heart, I have overcome the world. Um, Jesus didn't come so that we would never face troubles again. Right. Jesus came so that when we do face troubles, we can look to him and overcome whatever may be going on. Yeah. I was just thinking that, um, you know, he is the Lord, right? So he knows yeah. what's coming. I Dang, if put myself in his shoes, if I would have known everything that was coming... I don't know if I would have made it to this week even, you know, yeah. um, 
but he's the Lord, so I mean, truly only he could have done this and walked this out, you know, with his father, in step with his father. That's why I think the Lord, in his wisdom, doesn't give us the full picture all of a sudden, all at once. It's you know, beautiful. Because, yeah, we can't handle it. I couldn't handle it. Um, but I think in his grace, he does give us these, like, little glimpses sometimes, and we just walk this out one day at a time. And so like the Holy Week, you know, walking this out one day at a time, we can we can handle it because it is one day at a time. And then for the Lord, though, he knew it all. Like, he knew all of this, but it just, yeah, I, I couldn't have done it. But thank you, God, he and his wisdom, <laughs> you know, as we walk out hard things too, just, you know, take it with him one step at a time, one day at a time. He is with us like he was with Jesus. Um, we're able to do hard things because he's with us, only because he's with us. Only. So now we get to Friday, which I don't know why we call it Good Friday. It wasn't exactly the best Friday. <laughs> I, I guess it was good in like in hindsight. Like in, in hindsight, <laughs> but that day for Jesus and disciples, probably not the best day ever. Worst Friday ever. Worst Friday ever. For the devil. For the devil, yes. <laughs> Got him. Good Friday is the most difficult day of, of the Holy Week. Christ's journey turns treacherous and acutely painful mm. in these final hours leading to his death. Mm. According to scripture, Judas, the disciple who had portrayed Jesus, was overcome with remorse and went off and checked out early. Uh, just just to avoid any trigger words. Um, so he went off and we never see him again. So meanwhile, before the third hour, which in our not normal time would be about 9 a.m., Jesus endured the shame of false accusations, condemnation, mockery, beatings, and abandonment. After multiple unlawful trials, he was sentenced to death by crucifixion. One of the most horrible and disgraceful methods of capital punishment known at the time. He was sentenced and died the same day. Yeah. The same day. Like, like the same day. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm thankful we live in a time where there's like due process and like you get order retrials or appeals and whatnot because like Jesus did nothing wrong. He was staying to scripture, yet. The religious leaders of the time saw him as a threat. as a threat to the, you know their power, their economic gain, you know their cultural impact, because they knew people were following him, and not following Jesus, and not following them, and they saw him as a threat that they need to dispose of. Before Christ was led away, soldiers spit on him, tormented him, and mocked him and pierced him with a crown of thorns. Then Jesus carried his own cross to Calvary. He carried his own method of execution. Yep. That's messed up. Like, you know the man's going to die. Just let him go with some dignity. Where, again, he was mocked and insulted as Roman soldiers nailed him to the wooden cross. Jesus spoke seven final statements from the cross. His first words were, Father, forgive them. For they do not know what they are doing. Luke 23, 34. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that alone. Come on. Yeah, that, that alone. On. He could have said that, and it's like, dang, bro. But, like, I think that just shows 
how much Jesus would evidently love humanity. Who is this guy? Like, well, who is this guy? <laughs> he's our Lord and Savior, and by Scripture, it so says amazing. when two more are gathered, he is here. So, you know, he could be sitting right next to us right here. Oh, he is. He's right here. Yeah, he, he's right here. <laughs> Um, Amazing. It just shows, you know, he he knew how much pain he was. Like, if you really do research, it's a brutal way to go out. Awful. It's an awful way to go out. Yeah, his first statement up there is, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. His heart was set on restoring humanity. Um, I'm grateful for that. And his last words were, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. Luke twenty three forty six. Then about the ninth hour, which is about 3 p.m., Jesus breathed his, la- breathed his last, last breath and died. Um, that should be the end of the story, because obviously we think of death as a, as a finality. Um, but some things were happening outside of that. Um, in the temple, there was a giant veil. Now, if you don't know what this veil was, it held like the Holy of Holies, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, it was the, it was the, behind the veil, you couldn't go past this. Yeah. This is where the priests could only go, and only the priests could go, and only the priests who had been atoned for could go. So you had to sacrifice a lamb, you had to, you know, be sprinkled with the blood of the lamb in order to go in. What they would do is they would tie bells, you know, at the, at the bottom of their, you know, they would t- they would tie a rope around them, have bells, so that if someone went in and who was going in in an unworthy manner, yeah. dropped dead, they didn't have the bells, they could just drag them back out. Yeah. <laughs> so, so we only have one fatality as opposed to like so, three or four trying to get him out. Don't be mistaken, you were not allowed there. Yeah. Yeah. We were talking about this, me and Adele on the way here, like, she's like, so we couldn't have gone in? No. No. We were Gentiles, for one. For two, even if we were Jewish, we probably wouldn't be able to go in because yeah. we're female. For three, um, only the priests and the Levite priests could go in. Yeah, and if he wasn't pure, he also uh, yes. dropped dead on the spot. So, so like it was like the presence of God. The presence of God, like yep. couldn't couldn't. The best be way it. I could describe it is like you walk straight into a nuclear reactor. You're gone. You're like you You're you gone. walk just a little too close to that, and then you just drop dead on the spot. Um. So. I, I imagine being like a Jewish person who's like not there at the time, just praying in the temple, like as you do, like as you've grown up knowing, uh, and you know that veil, and you don't touch that veil, you don't go behind that veil because you know you're you're done if you do that. You've probably already seen two or three priests who weren't clean be dragged out of there, who have already passed away. Like you know the power that's behind that. And at that time, imagine seeing that veil tear, start tearing. Yeah. That's a nightmare Run scenario. For your life. <laughs> That's a nightmare scenario. But like, you're you're watching it tear in two. Like, these people beforehand couldn't experience that. Like, just imagine watching that tear straight in two, and yet you're still alive. Like. Jesus fulfilled scripture. Um, you know, the veil tore into like storms and earthquakes started happening. Like a bunch of things started happening because Christ died, which just explains his like entire power 
I mean, I believe it was a Roman centurion who jabbed him in the side, and I think water came out. And he said, surely this was Son of God. You got Romans didn't believe in Christ. They just thought of it as some sort of kind of fringe religion. They were kind of more polytheistic. For someone who believes in multiple gods, polytheism, to then believe this is truly the Son of God, it just confirms who Jesus was. If some Roman who never heard of God outside of maybe what, like, you know, the Jewish people were saying at the time, which were just kind of like, okay, we're, we're occupying their land, just let them do what they want to do, to being like, oh my gosh, I just stabbed God's son. Like, the weight of that. The weight of probably what he was feeling, I can't imagine that. Um, you know, the things that were separating us from God were torn away, just like the veil tore. They were torn away. That God finally had the opportunity to reach his hand out to us and fully be with us to the end of the age. Like, God is with us mm-hmm. today. Since of what Jesus did, he is with us and walks with us and amongst us. Um, Christ wiped our scarlet sins away and made them white as snow. It's a hard day. It's a very hard day. Um, and thank God it's not the end of the story. Mm-hmm. So, Saturday. Jesus' body laid in the tomb, guarded by Roman centurions, which, for example, would be like special forces at the time. SWAT. Like, like, Roman yeah. SWAT. Ro- like SWAT, um, <laughs> Green Berets, Force Recon, Navy SEALs. Really, you know... Elite of the elite of the Roman. No, they weren't just going to put like, "Hey, you over there, like, yeah. you're not doing anything." <laughs> they were. They weren't going to put servants. They were going to put like. No. They realized how much influence he had, so they're just like, "Okay, just guard him with like, like with he, your life, with your life, because <laughs> you will die if you fail." Yeah, and this day being the Sabbath, the Jewish Sabbath at the time, nothing really happened until about six p.m. or sundown. Around this time, Nicodemus. Part of, the, part of the Sanhedrin, the very group that, co- that condemned Christ to death, treated his body to a ceremonial burial. With him came Nicodemus, the man who had come to Jesus at night. He brought about 75 pounds of perfumed ointment made from myrrh and aloes. Following Jewish burial customs, they wrapped Jesus' body with the spices and long sheets of linen cloth. That's John 19, 39-40. Nicodemus was under the nose of the rest of the Sanhedrin, a believer that Christ was the Messiah that was prophetically predicted of in the Old Testament. Um, It makes me think of like, I heard a story where, obviously we're talking Cold War here, so obviously there was a big shift between like democracy and communism. Um, Three communist pilots took over their planes, basically diverted them to like, Western Western countries so they can defect and you know bring the families along and all that um, I'm just imagine how risky that just doing that just giving him proper burial was for Nicodemus mm-hmm. because like if the Sanhedrin found out they're probably going to kill him too so like just the faith that he had yeah. of knowing that wow he really was the Messiah that all the prophets of all predicted like Isaiah, Zechariah, yeah. Jeremiah, like 
all these great prophets that are seen very highly, he took that risk. Yeah. Um, at the well, a uh, couple Easter's ago, we kind of did the side players, like who are these people <laughs> in the story? We highlighted Nicodemus, and here's a man who did come to Jesus at night, which was because you know, he didn't want to be seen during the day, obviously, and we broke down like how much it costs for him to bury Jesus. Yeah. Thousands of dollars. Thousands? You don't you don't pay thousands and thousands of dollars for somebody that you don't think, you know, was the real deal here. Yeah. This was this was not a small expense at all. I didn't even thousands? Thousands and thousands oh of dollars gosh. what is described here. Um so how do you even sneak that? Nicodemus was this is this is his act of worship to the Lord. Yeah. I'm just curious how he snuck out of like the Sanhedrin and like didn't get noticed. Like that's that that's that's straight ninja right there. Yeah. That's impressive. But when you're motivated enough and you and you know who you're evidently serving, you'll pretty much do anything. Yeah. Within reason. But I guess this wasn't really reasonable, was it? <laughs> he totally risked his life there. He did. Uh, oh, no, where was I? I lost my notes. Oh, no. So while Christ laid in the tomb, hey, I found it. When Christ laid in the tomb, he conquered death in its fullness, physically and spiritually. In 1 Peter 1, 18 through 19, it says, For you know God paid a ransom to save you from the empty life you inherited from your ancestors. And it was not paid with mere gold or silver, which lose their value. It was the precious blood of Christ, the sinless, spotless God of land the spotless lamb of God. You were bought with a price. Like, God sacrificed a lot. And it's a price that transcends any debt that any economy could accrue. Um, you know, I think a lot of, like, economic, like, everyone always freaks out about the economy, regardless of what time it is in history. Mm -hmm. So there's some security, like, things we're freaking about now, they were freaking about that in the past too, so it's okay. Um, you know, everyone's freaking about, oh, the dollar is going up. You know, it's getting inflated, like, ultimately we need money to survive. You know, it's, it's just kind of a, kind of a, thing. a, a, necessary, a necessary thing in the <laughs> world. Um, but ultimately, you know, regardless of if you have like a zero dollars or like a million dollars, God still loves you even more than anything we could ever accrue here on earth. Because um, evidently a lot a lot of what we think is like permanent evidently fades away. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, I don't imagine the Romans thought their empire would ever fall until it did. I imagine, you know, probably, probably even the, like the Jewish people who are like, oh, God's given this promised land. It'll never fall. And then they are the exact reason why it fell. Great job. <laughs> um, but like, I, th I think a lot of people put their value in what they have. Like, I, especially here in America, like we kind of get materialistic at times. Where like, you see everyone on like Instagram flexing like their new like Bugatti or they're like. I don't know what that is. It's a, it's a, <laughs> it's a really fancy car. Oh, okay. Like, like their Bugatti or like their Tesla. Or just these things that they have accrued, like their, like the Rolex watches, their Dior clothing. Um, evidently, that's just going to fade away. Like it's going to fall out of style. It's going to break down. 
it, when you really break it down, like, especially like designer clothing, like all it is is just fabric. Mm -hmm. All it is is just fabric that just happens to be knitted together with a really fancy name on it. Um, and evidently if you're putting your stuff in that, like just like those things are gonna fade away, like the person you could be could fade away. But like when you, when you find your value in Christ, that's when you find like true value. Like I could have zero dollars, but still know I, I was bought with a high price, mm. that I still am valuable, that I still am loved. Um, with Nicodemus too, I was thinking, you know, hindsight for him. Yeah. Like if he would have understood at the time, like that this is the savior of the world, and he spared that. I mean, the expense that he went to 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 bury him um, was very high. It was very high. Yeah. <laughs> Indeed. Like, so he traded in his Bugatti or whatever <laughs> to like you know uh, to bury the Lord. Um, and then to realize that the high cost that Jesus paid, nothing is, is uh, not worth laying down for him or giving up for him or, um, you know, spare no expense on the Lord. Like, he's paid such a high price that, like, what Nicodemus did for him is nothing compared to what Christ has done. Oh, yeah. So, you know, when we, we get, we get, like, kind of childish in our ways about like, well, God, I don't know if I can lay that down for you. If I don't know if I could do that for you. When we realize what has been done for us, it's kind of ridiculous if we start holding on to our temporary things yeah, and the small stuff. And the crazy thing is, so this is a very high price that he gives us it for free. Mm-hmm. He gives us, gives us this incredible gift for free as long as we just follow him. Like, the economy of God would not make sense to any economist. It, it, doesn't. it doesn't. But God doesn't care. Mm-hmm. Because God loves you so much that he would sacrifice everything so that we could be together with him once again. Um, even that got me thinking. Uh, I did some research. Um, so if you don't know, the end of Re- Revelation, it talks about the new Jerusalem that we will inhabit, you know, after the end times happen and all that. Um, you know, God's already setting that up. But, like, in terms of measurements, um, I talked about this last week, actually. The measurements of that, it was, what, 1,700 miles by 1,000, is a cube. So it was 1,700 miles each way. Um, the, the length of that on the bottom would have been about the size of the continental, continental United States. But... That, that, okay, that doesn't sound too crazy. But let's talk about its height. So 1,700 miles up would be in our exosphere. It, it's, I believe it's higher than the International Space Station at its orbit. Like at like its peak, like highest part of its orbit. It's even higher than that. So some of the tallest buildings or spires or whatever the heck it's going to be because I don't know I'm still here on earth (laughs) whatever those structures are going to be they're going to reach outside of what we know as our earth's atmosphere like 
I've heard people talk about space elevators and how cool that would be. Like, like straight up, like, like they want to make an elevator to space, which I think would take a lot of work. But we could go on though. Um, but you know, sponsor Tyler to go to space. <laughs> <laughs> um, but you know, th this massive city, this massive place that we're gonna be in, is adorned with gold and jewels. Like, God is. God pays a high price for us because he loves us. Mm -hmm. Like, I know my parents, mom and dad, I love you. I don't know if you're watching this right now. You're probably not because you're not on social media. But, like, when, when you do evidently watch this, because I believe you will, you know, my parents cost a high price so I can, I can become the man I am. Uh, we did not have, we started from very humble beginnings living in a uh, apartment. Uh, then we moved in a trailer and lived there most of our lives. And Sounds like my life. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And uh, we evidently moved into a house when I was 16 years old. Um, they sacrificed a whole lot. They sacrificed a lot of their time, a lot of their money, a lot of their energy so that I was taken care of. And I am internally grateful for them. Like, I, you know, they may not be believers. But I love them so much. Um, but Jesus, but God even cost, he paid even more for all of humanity. Because like there's about 7 billion people on the earth. He paid the same price for each and every person. The same price. The same price. <laughs> that's amazing. And that's not even factoring in the people who have already passed away and the people who are going to be born. Doesn't matter what range of sin. Doesn't matter what range same of sin price. either. That's same crazy. price. Whew. It's awesome. It's beautiful. And when you feel the weight of that, like, it just want to, wants me to, like, it just inspires me to give him praise. Yeah. Because, like, I realize how much value God put in me so that I should treat myself the same with that much value as well. Mm. So we've been through some of the hardest times. Yeah. We're, we've been through the storm. You know, the disciples at this point are probably hiding in a cave outside of town because they're probably being looked for too. Can you imagine? Just put yourself in their shoes. Yeah. What just happened? What just like? What just happened? Oh my gosh! Everything that he said came true, and now we're fugitives. Like they are in the darkest storm they've probably ever been in. I mean, and Peter, I don't know if he was with all of that. Can you imagine the shame that he was just oh, walking yeah. around with? Just completely, completely obliterated with his self-esteem yeah you know um you know we go into the darkest storm but now we get to the sunlight easter sunday it's the best tomorrow my job moment tomorrow in fact <laughs> um as of this recording so it may not be tomorrow for you but for right now it's tomorrow, it's tomorrow. christ laid in the tomb suddenly and purposely comes back to life and leaves the tomb to go fulfill the promises God had made. Before any person knew, Mary Magdalene had came to the tomb to pay respect, but found the stone rolled away and the body of Christ was nowhere to be seen. You know, that brings up the question, what, what, what did the centurions do? Like the guys who were guarding the tomb. Were they sleeping? Did they like, oh my gosh, he's gone, let's go. Like, when, Get when, out of Dodge. When they got back, were they just like, Dave? Yeah. Why was the stone rolled away? And it's supposed to be right there. It's supposed to be covering the tomb. 
This is a big stone, by the way. This yeah, it's a like, big stone. This isn't a Thousands thing. of pounds, yeah. probably. Yeah. They're just like, who moved the stone? And then I just assume they probably just dropped their speeds and just Can ran I, as far as they could. Can I go on a rabbit trail real quick? Yeah, yeah. Go. So me and Martin have been watching uh, stuff on Egypt. Yeah. And they are going in and excavating different tombs and things like that. Yeah. And a, a rock about the size from, like, you to me. You know how many guys it takes to move that? Do you know how, do you know the mechanics it takes to move that? Uh, it takes at least two guys, they, maybe three. There are at least ten people moving oh this my rock. gosh. Moving a slab. And the mechanics, I mean, you have engineers arguing. You have engineers who've been, uh, this is their homeland. And yeah. they've been moving stones from a tomb forever. So they know how to do it. You put, you know, you, there's, it takes forever. It takes forever to move Days. the stones. Yes. And it, once you move it, once it's mobile, it's dangerous. You could die. Oh, yeah. You could die. So... It wasn't like just someone rolled it away, guys. It just wasn't. It's just not possible. Yeah. It's not possible. It wasn't lightly rolled away. It was probably violently thrown. It was, I mean, for Jesus to the first die, and then the Lord's just like, Meh. It just opens it like you no open a deal. door. No big deal. No big deal. Imagine being Mary, just like, you know he died. You saw him die. You saw him die. You saw him die. You know, once he gets in that tomb... You're probably not rolling out that stone, at least by yourself. And then you see the stone rolled away, and the body of the man who we're going to pay respect to is not there. Like, just imagine how, like, odd of a moment that would have been. Heartbreaking. Yeah, because you're just like, oh my gosh. Like, the Jewish leaders stole him, or, like, someone stole him. What did him. you do with him? Yeah. Like, what you do with what'd him? What did you do? So as she stood there, most likely bewildered by the absence of the body of the man she watched die two days ago an angel of the lord came down right to her level and told her what had happened which i'm surprised she stayed because you know um i personally have not seen angels come down and talk to me but personally i don't know never Amber, not never my life, no. um if i saw some like divine entity come down and start speaking to me i don't know if i would have stood there calmly i probably would have been freaking out like the shot like a lot of these people in the Bible, like, how do you handle the shock of, like... Most of the men would go face down forward, like... Yeah. <laughs> One story I think of all they the time... They fall dead, basically. Yeah. One of the stories I think about all the time in just this kind of context is uh, the story of Balaam. Mm -hmm. he, he was sent by the Philistines to prophesy against the Israelites. Um, and then his donkey started, like, going off the path. This donkey he owned for, He's like... trying to get away from the angel. Like, yeah, nope, all his him. life. <laughs> so then he, like, hits the donkey to go back and, like place like almost like a like, like how you like kick a horse kind of mm -hmm. get it go faster and his donkey starts talking to him and he just has a casual conversation with it with a donkey with a donkey yeah. like like it's normal like it's a normal occurrence mm -hmm. like i like how i, I don't get it <laughs> like i'm if, if a animal starts talking to me in my language i'm i'm not staying i am running and i have asthma so <laughs> If I'm running and I have asthma, clearly something is wrong. Tyler's really... running, you should be running too. Yes, if I'm running, you should be running too. Unless we're playing like football or something, then your call. But if it's anything outside of like a sport, then you should probably start running too. But again, I just, 
boggles my mind how Bible people just handle divine things that are occurring. Another rabbit trail, like John, who, he, okay, so John was exiled to an island called Patmos. You guys talked about this last week, I think, you yeah. and Shelly. <laughs> He's just chilling in a cave, and all of a sudden, like, an angel's just like, come with me. Yeah. And he's like, okay. <laughs> and then he goes on the whole revelation journey. Just, it always boggles my mind. It's Commonplace. All, this is, this it, is life with God. <laughs> it, in a way, it's funny, but also in a way, it's just like, man, I wish I had that much faith, too. <laughs> Anyways, so she was standing there most likely bewildered by everything that was just occurring. Um, the angel told her what happened. But the angel said, don't be alarmed. You are looking for Jesus of Nazareth, who was crucified. He isn't here. He has risen from the dead. Look, this is where they laid their body. Now go tell his disciples, including Peter. Oh. They thought about Peter. Aww. Peter got a personal <laughs> shout out. I love that he did. He got a personal shout out. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus did not forget him. Jesus did not forget him. Including Peter. It, it, it's really cute. It. That's awesome. That Jesus is going ahead of you to Galilee. You will see him there. Just as he told you before he died. That's Mark sixteen sixty seven. Mary went, probably even more bewildered than she was before, to go and tell the disciples. Just imagine being a disciple, just, you know, depressed. Oh my gosh, he told us exactly what was going to happen. We didn't believe him. Oh my gosh, I can't believe Judas betrayed him. And then Mary's like, he's alive. <laughs> I would have told her... Are you all right? Yeah, yeah right, Mary. <laughs> you you okay, Mary? I know it's hard, but then like seeing her like like no, he's alive, he's but alive. Did you catch what the angel said right before? Like just as he told you. Yeah. Like, he told them, and they were still like, <laughs> told I, I don't believe this. <laughs> yeah. As um, we know, this is their this is their thing. Yeah, Jesus was always yeah. talking to them about that. <laughs> so Mary told them, and they couldn't believe it. Understandable. Understandable. Very understandable. Given that they, human. you know, given that they pretty much saw him die, saw him die. We're just like, okay, yeah, he's definitely dead at this point. Wait, he's alive. And then Christ came and told him what this meant, and he said, "Yes, it was written long ago that the Messiah would suffer and die and rise from the dead on the third day. It was also written that this message would be proclaimed in the authority of his name to all the nations, beginning in Jerusalem." There is forgiveness of sins for all who repent. You are witnesses of all these things. So if what happened on Friday put death on the ropes, Sunday was the knockout punch. It was. Sunday was the finishing blow. And we come to the end of the most important week in human history. What does this mean? You know, we, we talked about, you know, Sunday to Sunday. We talked about a seven-week period that happened thousands of, like, almost 2,000 years ago-ish. It means that Christ is still not in that tomb. Amen. It means what he said about himself before and after death is true. It means that you, me, and everyone who has lived and will live, all their sins have already been forgiven. You know, this is why we believe what we believe. This is why, you know, this is the entire basis of Christianity. Is that Christ is still alive and working in each and every life. And you never know. 
He may be sitting right next to you as you watch this or listen to this. Um, that's all I got. That's all my notes. Yeah. Um, you know, I think the end of that is, it, you know, the end of Holy Week is only the beginning for us, right? Yeah. So it's it's meant to be like, what? What's going on? Jesus is alive? So then we get the privilege and the honor to tell other people. And it's not a different message. Yeah. It hasn't changed since this happened. It's still good news. It's still yeah. worth telling people about. It, and it, it's still life-changing. It's still the same thing that our spiritual ancestors are reading thousands of years ago. Because um, for a sermon, I think last year, I looked up a statistic. Like, all English translations of the Bible, you know, from, you know, when they first translated the English to now, have a 99.9% accuracy rate to what was originally written. Like, that doesn't happen by circumstance. Name one thing with a 99.9% success rate over thousands of years. Right. Nearly nothing has that success rate. Mm-hmm. If I was successful in ninety nine point nine percent of my things, I'd be like a quadrillionaire or something. <laughs> <laughs> like nothing has that success rate, and that's just a sign that you know God really did speak this into existence, and He sustained it to this point so that you, me, and everyone who has access to a Bible can understand and read the same things that have been tried and tested and remain true since like BC times or BCE times depending on what time frame you want to judge off your choice man um, you know that, that just doesn't happen like literature gets changed over time mm-hmm. it's almost like telephone to where you whisper one thing into something somebody else's ear mm-hmm. and they whisper another thing into someone else's ear and evidently you, you lose meaning on the original sentence. Like, that's just, that's just human, you know, flaw. So for something to be that precise, the same thing over and over and over and over and over again, for hundreds of translations, that's just not, that doesn't happen. That just doesn't happen unless there's something divinely interfering. Yeah. For as long as I've been walking with God, which, you know, I... I gave my heart to, to the Lord when I was in VBS. I was a mess, but um, he still was faithful to walk me through it. But I really didn't understand fully what all this was about until, uh, I believe it was 1998, I gave my heart to the Lord fully, um, and he's been walking with me. But, I mean, as the years go on, uh, 2014, God just highlighted to me the significance of this message, the yeah. significance of the joy of our salvation. This is it. It doesn't, there's not a different gospel. This is it. And it's as exciting as it was for them then to see him not in a tomb. It is just as life changed, just as exciting as it is for us who learned about it in VBS or like, you know, whenever you got saved, that same message is, is just as life changing, just as impactful and just as worth telling as it was when you got saved. Yeah. That makes me think of my own salvation story. Um, I didn't grow up in church. I actually grew up atheist. 
um, atheist. I was just thinking you sitting here and you didn't grow up, like your parents aren't saved. Yeah, like atheist, agnostic, kind of secular humanist. Yeah, just I, look I, at God, though. Like, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Um, God didn't really start working on my heart until I was about, about 14. Um, I had an incident snowboarding where I hit my head really hard. Um, knocked myself out briefly. Had a pretty, pretty serious concussion. Um, I actually still don't have like a memory of the rest of that day. Mm. There's just a gap in my memory. Um, so don't hit your head, skins. Or at least if you do wear a helmet like I did. Um, because come to find out, um, went to like a urgent care or something. Got a CAT scan. Like, yeah, you hit your head really hard, Tyler. I'm like, did I? Um, my parents wore my helmet. It was cracked between about right here, oh my back of my skull, all the way behind my right ear. Um, you know, obviously, I think that's just great, great engineering, too. Um, thank you, Gyro, for keeping me alive. Shout out, Gyro Helmets. <laughs> you didn't know it was going to be a plug today. <laughs> yeah, I didn't know it was a plug. Um, if you want to sponsor me as a snowboarder, I have retired. I'm not interested. Um, but, you know, um, I learned about a, uh, I think an actress named Natasha Richardson. Uh, a few weeks later after my incident, died in a similar accident than mm. I had. Then I'm like, wow, something really saved me that day. Like, whatever it is, I want to thank it. Because there, there's no reason that I should be alive. Mm. Um, and I processed this thought for two years. And then uh, I met two people. Um... One of them is still my close friend and actually a youth director at my old church, uh, Megan. Hi, Megan. And then a, another girl who shall, re shall remain nameless. Okay. Um, just, to, just for her privacy. Sure. And it's also just a really embarrassing story on my part. I don't want her getting involved in it. Um, I had a crush on this girl who is nameless. Okay. Um, and then Megan invited me to this thing called Ignited. It was a youth conference over at uh, Eisenhower High School. And I went because the girl I was interested in was going. Look at God just use the things in your life to like lead, lead you to him. <laughs> He's like, you think you're following like, a girl? Like, oh, oh, you think you're getting a girlfriend? <laughs> I'm about to give you something even better. Yeah, that's um, awesome. So, yeah, I, I went there and actually, like, first they did music. It's so like, oh, sweet. It's like a concert. Never been to a concert before. I'm going to enjoy this. When they start talking about God, I'm like, what did I just get myself into? So you were weirded out. I was weirded out. I was I was <laughs> so confused. I love the honesty. Like, <laughs> what is this? Because <laughs> I like I never experienced a church service before this, so I didn't know what it really looked like. I was just like, oh, it's just a bunch of nice people. I'm having a concert. This is awesome, man. And they started talking about God. I'm just like, I really just put myself in the situation, huh? <laughs> um. But I remember why I was there. It was for that girl. Um, so I tried being close to her. Um, didn't work. Um, because God was like... Because he's faithful. Because he's faithful. <laughs> like, like, I think God's like, I, I know you're distracted right now, but this and is... And shun. <laughs> this, is, this is the relationship that you, re you need with me. This is the relationship you really need. He's so good, isn't he? Um, and then I didn't listen for a second. Mm -hmm. Because... We often don't. Because I was 16, and a lot of you 16-year-olds know, you do some weird things. And if you don't know this, hey, 16-year-old, you do some weird things. Don't get weird. 
Uh, <laughs> um, so then my friend Megan ended up doing Bible studies at her own house. Love a small group. Yeah, it, it was just a small group Bible study. We'd have food, hang out, and just the best talk Bible. So I'm like, okay, if this girl I like was at this event that I still don't know what this was about, other than like God and Jesus, and I'm really confused. Um, okay, so if she's going to be there, then I'm going to come to these Bible studies because she's going to be there. Um, she came to one, and that was after I asked her out over Facebook Messenger. That's smooth, man. I know. <laughs> I am as smooth as sandpaper. I love this right now. Go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> have I never told you this before? I have not heard oh, this story. Oh, <laughs> man. If you haven't heard this before, it's super embarrassing. This is one for your kids, okay? Just oh, over. yeah. I mean, I oh, love the yeah. testimony. This is awesome. Um, so... Obviously, <laughs> asked her out. She said no. Um, very, uh, very honestly. It was on Facebook Messenger. It was on Facebook Messenger. <gasps> Thankfully, it, it doesn't. You heard tone through that, though. You heard the tone that came through Facebook Messenger. Yes, 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 I did. Um, I, I knew it wasn't going to work. I tried saving it. And for, for those I have told this, um, you know, as it kind of went down, I just dug myself further into a hole and just started putting dirt on myself. Got it. You got a bigger shovel. Uh, I got a bigger <laughs> shovel. I it was it was bad. I'm so glad it doesn't exist anymore. Cringe moments. We all it doesn't them. exist yeah. anymore. That's good. Yeah. Well, that's because my old Facebook account got hacked, so it disappeared thank right Thank you, Lord, for hackers. No, I'm thank, just th- thank you. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Thank don't, you. Don't be hacked. Thank you. He, it was a bad moment, but he turned it for glory because that doesn't exist anymore. Okay. Well. Um. So I kept going to these Bible studies because I was just lonely and I needed something to do. Then I actually started learning about God, like, because I thought, like, a lot of the movies and TV shows I was watching were almost, like, kind of mocking Christians as, like, these judgmental, like, they hypocritical. Yeah. Like, that, that, that was my interpretation of Christianity because I never experienced a church. Hmm. And then I actually just got talking to these people and I was like, wow, these are just normal people. Like, and these people actually, like, really care about me. Like it, it broke my paradigm of what I thought Christ, like Christianity and Christians were like, to where I got even more curious. Where I'm just like, you know, I'm gonna hang out with these people. These are good people. Um, so I went to the Christian club. Uh, I believe it was called Converge at the time. It was a, like a club, club. It was a club. Wow. No, not like a club. <laughs> it was like a school club. Okay. No, okay, let's clarify. That would have been. That would have been so nice. I was, I was real. I was trying to get there. I was trying to picture it. I just, yeah, yeah. Okay. It, it was, it was a school club. It was not, it was not like clutch cardigos or anything. No, 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 no. no. Okay. Um, Christian Bible Club at school. Christian Bible that Club. That makes more sense. Thank you. Mostly because the people were just cool and I liked them. Um, then I'm like, okay, you know what? I got experience church, and I asked the leader, hey, what church do you go to? And you know, she said the church she goes to. Um, so I go there, you know, first time going there. I had really long hair at the time because I thought it was cool, even though long hair and long hair and guys generally isn't like the coolest. <laughs> um, I remember the first time I opened the door, walk in, someone just points at me and goes, "Nice hair, dude." I'm like, "Thanks," because <laughs> I'm like really shy. I don't know any of these people. Um, so we enter into service. And I talk about God. I'm like, okay, at least I know I'm expecting. I'm, I'm expecting God talk here, 
at church. So you got yourself in the right frame of mind at that point. Yeah, I, I was ready okay. for it. Okay. Um, you weren't, you weren't, what is that called? Shanghai'd. <laughs> yes, I yeah. wasn't Shanghai'd like the first time. Yeah. But I put the, I noticed they put the information like obviously there, so I should have knew what I was going into, but I didn't. You were too distracted. I, I was too yeah, distracted. A little bit. Just. Oh, oh, young high school love. That <laughs> puppy, puppy love. Puppy love that generally doesn't work at all. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, we went through service, and it just started kind of hitting me. Like, it's almost like I took inventory on me and realized this is this was God here who was reaching out for me, who kept me alive, who has... It all made sense. It all started to make sense, and uh, that's when I gave my life to the Lord. I took communion the first night I was there. Yeah. Um, even though I didn't know I was doing and ate the bread prematurely. It's okay. <laughs> and, I, and I'm like, oops. So, like, when they said take the you bread. You didn't cough it back up, did you? No, 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 <laughs> no. I, I did something even better. When they said take the bread, I just kind of. Pretended. Acted it. Yeah. <laughs> I, I just kind of put my hand in my mouth. I could just see the Lord smiling in this moment. That's, yeah, he's like, precious. oh, he, that's oh precious. he's cute. He doesn't even know what he's doing. He's cute. This is great. <laughs> um, that's, what, that's when I gave my life to the Lord. And then, like, everything changed. I came from this really shy kid who really didn't speak too much to actually, like, breaking out of my shell. Like, I never realized till after I gave my life to the Lord how extroverted that God made me to be. That's how good God is. That's how good God yeah, is. that's what he does. Like, God can take this, you know, this 14-year-old kid who had struggled with depression, who had struggled with being bullied, who struggled with having a voice, mm. to then just transform who I am to prepare me for, you know, nearly, nearly... Well, I, I can't even do the math right now. Oh, oh like 12 years later. That's awesome. I figured out math. Uh, you, know, to, you know, become the man I am 12 years later. Like, I would never have thought, like, that 16-year-old that who felt like he had nothing turn into someone who talks about God on a near-daily basis. Um, that's just the power of, of God. That's the goodness of God. Because God stuck out with me when I was still distracted by girls because I, I'm still a man um, who has feelings. He pursued you when you were pursuing something else. Yes. He does that. This he is He still he pursued does. me. He was yeah. still there in my darkest moments. Love it. He was there when I was distracted by my own pride and ego, and yet he still loved me. You know, Jesus died so we, we can experience that love forever. Till whenever the world may end. I don't know if I have anything else to say. I think that's, that's a good note to end on. Good note yeah. to end on. Jesus loves you. He, he's always going to seek you. Mm-hmm. And God brought you with a high price, so you should value yourself just the same. Uh, I'm going to pray us out as I walk back there, and uh, we'll call it a wrap here. Thank you for watching, everybody, and uh, I'm just going to pray. See you Easter Sunday. You better <laughs> See you Easter Sunday. <laughs> If you don't connect with the church, you can always come here, the Life Church, um, Marne Road. Uh, if you're watching this, you probably know where it is at this point. So I'm going to pray, and then I'll get you guys going on your day, evening, night, whenever you're watching this. So Father God, we thank you for just this this time where we could talk about you in out, outside of a schedule of programming, of a service, that just we're talking like two people. 
that, Lord, your church was founded on stuff just like this, people talking about you in their homes. And Father God, we, th- we thank you that we get this opportunity to talk about you. And that, Lord, as we reflect on Holy Week, as we reflect on Sunday through Friday, that, Lord, there is glory on Sunday. Because, Lord, you are risen, you are here, and, Lord, your love is never changing. So, God, we just we pour out our love and adoration. Lord, just fill us with love and peace and zeal for you, Lord. And, God, I pray as we go on amongst our days or nights, that, Lord, you are there, that you are with us, that you still reach out for us even when we seem so far away. And, Father God, I, I give the viewers to you. I give the listeners to you, Lord, that you know them, that you know them deeper than anybody else ever could. And that, Lord, you know what their situations are in whatever moment they're watching this or listening to this. Lord, be with them. Guide them. And love them. And love them so much they can't even understand the vastness of it. Father God, I thank you and I praise you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thanks for watching, everybody, and we will see you next week. Yep. And now we have this awkward moment where I'm walking This back. is awkward. <laughs> well, I guess it's not awkward. <laughs> He's doing you... cartwheels again. All right, Tyler, go. Woo! You know, it's not really awkward till you say it's awkward, then it becomes awkward. It's not awkward at all. Not, <laughs> not at all. All right, thanks for watching. Happy Easter, guys. Happy Easter.